All right, welcome to another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Today is a very special day because it is the one-year anniversary of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Where were you one year ago today? Sitting in this office making a podcast with you. That's what I was doing too, sitting in the same place doing a podcast with you over um, Skype, I think. Were we Skyping it back then? We were using Skype back then. Oh, man. Yeah. That was before I discovered the problem where it kept increasing my volume over Skype just a little bit over time. And by the end of the thing, I was just like yelling, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't yelling, but it just, the microphone input was crazy high and it sounded terrible. Yeah. Skype. I'm glad we moved away from Skype. I th- I'm glad too. I'm glad everyone's moved away from Skype. <laughs> All right. So the plans for today are, we're going to talk about some upcoming stuff, including video games and movies. It's going to be E3 centered for the most part. So if you're a video, video game fan, and you probably are, if you're listening to this podcast, this should be good for you. Mm. Um, we're recording this on Monday. So day um, three of E3 is over. Is this the third no. day it's over now? Technically, Two? E3 is not started. What the what? <laughs> all the conferences held by the major companies, Microsoft, EA, all happen before the technically, like the show floor and stuff opens up. So E3 convention has not started. Okay, but c- video game companies have announced a ton of things. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. In conjunction with E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they do that just like the day before or, you know, leading up to it. That way, when people come in, they're excited to try and play it on the show floor or whatever. Right. They hype it up so that people come look for it. That's smart. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, there's stuff. But first thing I want to lead with today is The Incredibles 2. Oh, I'm so happy, Wade. You have no idea. Have you seen it? No. I got oh. tickets for this Friday. Oh, is it already out? It's like out for tomorrow for you, I think. <laughs> it might be out today for me. <laughs> no, not allowed. I'm going to be so mad if you can go right now. So mad. Uh, I need to. Come on, movie. Don't do it. Google faster. <laughs> what the... Bill Hicks? What the hell's this? How did you get the Bill Hicks? Don't know. I can see it in two days' time. Yes. Okay, I win. Good. Two days is fine. I'm okay with that. Today would be unacceptable. (laughs) Unacceptable. All right. The reason I'm so excited is, one, The Incredibles is probably my favorite Pixar film. Mm -hmm. Definitely mine as well. Yeah. I love a lot of Pixar movies. Toy Story is really good stuff. Monsters, Inc. is really fun. I don't have any complaints about most of Pixar, but The Incredibles just, I don't know. It just brings together superhero and family and drama and entertainment and action and humor in a way that I just, I don't think I've seen in another film. And I think we've talked about this before. I do have a soft spot for kids in peril in movies. Like if I'm watching a movie <laughs> or a TV show and like someone's kid is kidnapped, I will legitimately tear up every wow. time. Yeah. And it's not just because I'm a dad. So The Incredibles came out in 2004. I didn't get married until 2005. Went and saw it because it was a new Pixar film. And at that point, like never miss a Pixar film. And that scene when Mrs. Incredible and Elastigirl is in the plane and she's flying with her two kids to the island to try to find Bob and they shoot those missiles at her. And she's just panicking, trying to think of some way to save them all trying to have Violet throw up a force field and trying to call over the radio like, please don't murder us. Uh, Just, whoa, it kills me. And I know they're fine. I know they're going to be fine. But I'll just be sitting there on my couch just like, oh, no, not the children. Why? (laughs) Won't someone think of the children? Won't someone think of, not just morally, but physically too. And that was me in 04. So I just, I don't know. I've always had kind of a, a soft spot for the kids. I don't cry in like romantic movies. Movies, or if adults are in peril, I don't give a crap. But 
Children, man. Ugh. Anyway, so that's part of it. I think I just have really strong emotional connections to The Incredibles 1. And just overall, it was an excellent, excellent, wonderful film. And one of my favorite lines, which is, when everybody's incredible, no one will be. I like it a lot. Sure. Yeah, it's good. Sure. Somicron's on board. So, so it, well, that was 2004. <laughs> 2004 that came out. Uh-huh. And it's 14 years later, and they finally decided to make an Incredibles 2. I don't understand what took them so long. The Incredibles was a great film. It's widely beloved. And actually... I want to look this up. How did it do on the box office? Because perhaps it did not do well enough to merit a sequel, unlike Toy Story, for example, right? Can I so to- say something controversial? You may. Toy Story overrated. Uh, one, two, or three? All of them? All of them. Wow. I Wow. Like, the scene in Toy Story 3 where they're just accepting their deaths going <laughs> down into the fire, Wade's just like, eh. I have no emotional connection to the movies at all, right? Okay. I, I recently rewatched them, I, I don't know, four months ago. I was watching the first one. I'm like, how did this get a sequel? Because it's not that great. I well, still like okay. I still like it, but it's, you know. Yeah. Eh. Okay, well, for the time, it was incredibly, incredibly well done as far as 3D animation goes. Mm. And today, it doesn't look like anything special. But I guarantee, I promise you, I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, holy crap, this <laughs> is amazing. And this was the first hint at what Pixar could do right. with 3D animation was this. So that's part of it is just the, wow, look at this 3D animation. And part of it is it's got the voice acting of Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, who was a big deal back in the 90s. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe now. So that's part of it. It's just, I don't know. It had a good cast. It had a fun story. It's clever. It's got some funny moments in it, some heartfelt moments too. Right, right. Yeah, I like it. All right, so here's the numbers. Uh, Toy Story, 1995. Worldwide gross income, $373 million Mm -hmm. on a budget of... Oh, did they not release the budget for Toy Story? I thought they had it. Nope, no budget. The Incredibles grossed $633 million worldwide and more domestically... The budget for Toy Story was $30 million. Okay, so $30 million. Uh, the Incredibles budget was $92 million, and they doubled the worldwide lifetime gross. Mm. So how did the Toy Story get... Well, Toy Story 2 came out before this, right? The yeah. chronology is all messed up. Toy Story yeah. 2 came out in 1999. Yeah. Okay, so Toy Story gets a sequel. The Incredibles comes out. We get a Toy Story 3 before we end up getting an Incredibles 2. Let me see how Toy Story 2 did. 497. So yeah. The Incredibles outgrossed Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. How did we not have a sequel before now? That's what I would like to know. Too busy making Wally and Ratatouille. Guess. Wow, Toy Story 3? Wild guess how much that one grossed worldwide. Holy smokes. Uh, 1.1 billion. Holy cow, how did you know? (laughs) Is it? Cheater. Is it? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's... (laughs) I'm not looking at it. (laughs) 1,066,000,000. So We'll round up. Sure, close enough. Really close, actually. Yeah, you nailed it. Oh, nice. On a budget of $200 million, so doubled. I mean, budget's obviously higher, but holy... I did not realize Toy Story 3 was a billion-dollar film. Well, all the kids who grew up with uh, original Toy Stories now have disposable income. That's an excellent point. Everyone who loved Toy Story when they were eight mm. now has enough money to go to see it three or four times in the theater. Exactly. Fair enough. So anyway, I'm excited about The Incredibles. I'm excited they're picking up where they left off after The Incredibles 1. I've really tried to avoid being spoiled, but that's one thing that I have heard, is that it's basically they're fighting the Underminer. Um, Everybody's the same age they were at the end of Incredibles 1, which is kind of weird. Like, to go 14 years between films and then be like, and no time has passed in our universe is like, hmm, all right. That's The Simpsons, isn't it? They've been on the air for like 20 years, but Bart's still 10 or whatever. It's The Simpsons, but The Incredibles... The world, the universe has aging. Right. Like the Incredible, Incredibles 1 works really hard to show you that, yeah, stuff's happened. 
Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are older than they used to be. They're saggier than they used to be. Like, Syndrome's grown up. He was a child, and now he's an adult. And there's none of that in The Simpsons. Yeah. Well, I guess they do reference prior aging, don't they? There are episodes of The Simpsons where they do grow up. Temporarily, or like do flash forwards or something, right? Stuff like that, yeah. But I guess it is the same thing. Because, like, they remember back to times when Bart was a baby or... When Grandpa Simpson was young. So they in, they intimate there's aging in their universe, but they don't actually show you any ever. So maybe that's the same thing with The Incredibles. Maybe they intimate it exists, but nobody's ever going to age. I mean, I think it would just be a little strange to go with the whole, the family's a united group of supers, but we're not going to show how that impacts the world when the last one was so much about society not wanting supers or the government shutting them down or whatever. And then yes. Bob being like, I think it'd be weird to be like, hey, we're going to have a family of supers. And then just fast forward 14 years later when they're all grown up. And we just gloss over however they managed to get back into the approved list or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Or even then 14 years later, Violet would have moved out. <laughs> She'd be at college. Sure. She can be at college. She can still be part of the superhero team. Right. But it wouldn't be like a family thing. After the kids stop moving out, it's a little less condensed. <laughs> I don't know. I know some families where adult kids are fairly still attached. There was a um, court case recently where a pa- family parents sued their thirty-something-year-old child because he refused to uh, not a child at thirty-something, <laughs> but he he refused to move out. Yeah, I saw that too. Sad times. Sad mm. times for that family. Jeez, and I cannot feel like that's going to be the first time we see that. No, probably not. Or the last time we see that. It is the yeah. first time we've seen it. I said mm. that completely wrong. I know what you meant, though. Yeah, good. I'm glad you just figured it out without me saying it correctly. So anyway, Incredibles 2 should be excellent. I do want to talk about it on the next podcast, if just a little bit. Um, sure. I'm going to take my kids, none of whom were born when The Incredibles 1 was released. I'm going to take the wife, who I didn't know existed when The Incredibles was released. I mean, this is this is a long time coming. Have the uh, kids seen Incredibles 1? They have. It is not their favorite movie. Which is fair, I guess. Oh, really? Like, the kids aren't just like, they're just like, eh. Yeah, I don't... Then don't take it to see the second one. Oh, I'm gonna do it. Don't you worry. I just, I don't know. I don't feel like The Incredibles is as directed towards kids as a lot of Pixar films are. Mm, yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, can see that. some, like, pretty solid adult themes in there. They're like, oh, what? Okay, first of all, troubled marriage, what does that mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a whole subplot about that. Yeah, I suppose. Like, what is this wistfully looking back to the past concept? I don't know what that feels like. (laughs) I'm six. I don't have nostalgia. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) So compared to Toy Story, it just seems like um, not as directed toward children. Maybe that's why it made more money. Maybe. It appealed, right? It appealed to, uh, to adults a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and all adults will go. If it's a kid's movie, parents will go, but not all adults will go. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay, so bo- according to Box Office Mojo, which I don't think um, accounts for inflation, so take this for what you will. Mm. How many of the top 10 movies are Marvel? No, oh, five. Four. Close. Oh, That's yeah. insane. That's absolutely crazy. And then Star Wars The Force Awakens and. I mean, is that the Force one? Awakens is Marvel. True. Yeah. I mean, if top, which one of these are Disney, right? Yeah. 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 Avatar is still number one. I'm kind of surprised by that. Like James Cameron's. Right. And again, not adjusted for inflation. So 
movie tickets have gotten more expensive over time, so every ticket counts for like three time, million times what it used to be if you're comparing to Gone with the, with the Wind, right? But at the same time, Gone with the Wind came out when there's no other entertainment options, and so everybody saw that a million times. So, I don't know, there's kind of pluses or minuses to being released in different, ti- different eras. So, Avatar made $2.7 billion. Uh, so, because I've got an inflation calculator here, like why don't we just use oh. it? Oh, yeah, sure. Internet's great. Yep. I did a thing the other day when I was looking at the GSL prize, and I was like, "Hmm, how much are these people meet making?" And I put in like the converter, but I accidentally put it to forty, uh, forty thousand Korean won instead of four hundred million or whatever it's supposed to be. Wow, missing some zeros. What do you mean GSL winners only get 48 Australian dollars? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That's broken. Yeah, so I'm trying to make sure I don't do that this time. So the first true kids movie on this list is Frozen at number 12, 1.2 billion. Then Beauty and the Beast right behind it. And then Minions a couple back. So you start to see some kid movies after through 10 through 20. Yeah, that kids movie, uh, not kids movie, that Beauty and the Beast, terrible. Oh, it is the 2017 Beauty and the Beast. I thought that was the original Beauty and the Beast. No, that's 2017. The Emma Watson one. Yeah, awful. Do not watch it. Mm, I will not. Hmm. Okay. Where's the cutoff for billion? So the cutoff looks like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, 900 million, and then Dark Knight, 1 billion. Then it goes up with Hobbit, Zootopia, Alice in Wonderland, Star Wars Episode 1. Mm-hmm. Just kind of through here. So, yeah, I mean, the valuable properties here are existing things, right? Star Wars sequels or prequels, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sequels, Toy Story sequels. That's why they keep doing it, folks. That's what Mm -hmm. brings them the moolah. Yeah. James Cameron's apparently going to make at least three more Avatar movies. I wonder how they'll do. What the? Really can't say. Box Office Mojo actually has it listed as being four more Avatar movies. Wow. Yeah. A quint, a quintiquel, a quint. I don't know how to say that. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. I think Avatar was the first 3D movie I went to where it was clear my eyes can't do 3D. Because <laughs> you don't have depth perception. I don't have stereoscopic vision. So they gave me the glasses, and when I put them on, it was just like normal. But then when I took them off, it was kind of fuzzy in places. And I was like, well, I could tell what's supposed to be 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like 3D. It doesn't work for me either. I mean, it, okay. w- it works. I just don't like it. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah, I don't think you're... I mean, I don't think we're alone either. The 3D no. fad kind of went away. If people were loving it, I think we'd still be seeing them. Yeah. So, apparently, I don't know what I'm missing out on, but it can't be that great. Hmm. All right. I uh, fixed the... Um, the inflation? inflation? Yes. I Instead Sweet. of trying to, like, count the amount of zeros I was putting in, I just found the number and copy and pasted it. A basket of goods and services valued at $2.7 billion, blah, 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 would cost 3.3 in today's money. 3.3 billion. Billion. Okay, that makes more sense. So we'd have to do that for the whole thing. Somebody has an inflation-adjusted list. I'm sure they do. I just don't want to look for it. I think Box Office Mojo does. It's This it, is inflation-adjusted? No, no, no. If you go to, uh, like, into a movie, like, if you click on the movie, in the top yeah, right-hand yeah. corner, it has an adjust- adjuster. Yeah. And you can adjust it for how much it would be worth in a, at a year. And it'll sure. adjust the figures on the screen. Yeah, I get that. But I just want a list of inflation-adjusted ranking, right? Oh, you want the ranking. Okay, never mind. 
I want to see what is the biggest with inflation adjustment. I'm going to do Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind came out in 1939. Adjusted gross for today, $1.8 billion. It's still not the biggest. Nope. If I had to bet, it would actually be um, Titanic or something like that. Because Titanic was in the theater for like 53 weeks. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and made a ton of money overseas to... Goddamn James Price. Cameron. That guy can make movies that bring in a lot of money. Well, mm. according to the Wikipedia, though, the list of highest grossing films adjusted for inflation says Gone with the Wind. It gives it a $3.6 billion valuation over Avatar and Titanic. Huh. According to this link, which... I don't know. It's Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth. All right. Interesting. But it's Gone with the Wind, Avatar, Titanic's the original Star Wars, Sound of Music, E.T., Ten Commandments, Dr. Zhivago, Jaws, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. So the only one in the top ten adjusted for inflation that's anywhere recent is Star Wars. Hmm. Hmm. Force Awakens. Everything else, the most recent one, the next recent one on that list is um, Avatar, which is 2009 at this point. So almost ten years ago. Yeah. Wow. I think I really do think that just comes down to different entertainment options. I think there's oh, there was a long time in the world where your mm. best entertainment option was going to the movies. Yeah. And it beat the snot out of TV for a while too, even after TV came around. Just better picture quality. Yeah, better picture quality, better sound. Mm. For sure. But yeah, anymore it's people have their own home theaters, you can just run it on DVD, people have the internet, people have Netflix, they can get whatever mm. they want whenever they want it. I think it really takes an interesting big time social phenomenon for everybody to go see something like Star Wars The Force Awakens. Do you want to know a fun fact about movie theaters? I sure do. Fun fact, movie theaters were influential in getting personal air conditioning put into households because before Oh. Because movie theaters originally were the only people who could A, afford them, and B, there was a big worry that uh, air conditioning units were actually going to poison people. <laughs> but when Jaws came out, it redefined cinema that blockbuster movies were in the summer now. Because yes. that, that's when you used to put movies that you thought were going to bomb, you put them in summer. Mm -hmm. Jaws being such a big success, it changed cinema forever. That's crazy. Good job, Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And then, because it was hot in summer, theaters could afford to put in air conditioners, and then people realized, oh, we're not dying from this, and then it got popular enough that people wanted it in their house. Way to go, Jaws. That's incredible. Jaws changed the world in two significant ways, summer blockbusters and the advent of air conditioning. Yep. That's amazing. Good fact. Thanks for sharing that with us. No worries. Hmm. All right, so we promised E3. We're like 30 minutes into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did promise E3. We did. And to, to be fair, we kind of talked about this before we started the pod, and nothing really gets us super excited. Are you super excited, Wade, um, about anything? There are lots of games I want to play, but I know I'm not, like the most recent one is going to be like November, right? And even yes. then, we saw like zero gameplay of most of these games. Yes. It's it's the gameplay that gets me going. All right. If he's just like, oh hey, this got announced, it's definitely coming at some point, I don't care. I really don't. Show me what you got, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of it. Alright. If I just scroll through this list I have here, uh games that I'm excited to play. Okay, so there's Halo Infinite. That's all, definitely on there. Who's publishing that? Because it's not Bungie anymore. No, it's Microsoft Studios. Just Microsoft straight up. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, 343 is developing it, so it would be Microsoft, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, showed zero gameplay, but they have a new engine that looks really great. What's it called? 
slip space slip space Mm. engine yeah yeah that's i like that a lot hopefully that game is phenomenal because the last few games are just kind of eh yeah another game that i decided to play is the new gears of war game gears of war 5 i guess i think it is Yep. And they're also doing like an XCOM tactics game set in Gears of War for PC exclusive, which I was excited uh, to hear. No idea that was coming. Time out. An XCOM tactics game set in Gears of War? Is that well, what you said? It's an XCOM styled game. So it's a tactics game that kind of oh. looks like a reskinned uh, XCOM when I saw okay. the gameplay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> XCOM Gears of War crossover? No way. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Somercom would buy that for sure. Oh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> so i'm definitely excited to see those fallout 76 all right let's talk fallout 76 because that is going to be co-op we can play that you and me in- inspired by rust and daisy they say mm. yes why would they list those as their inspirations because it's an always online game okay fine like the division's always online world of warcraft is always online like there's a ton of always online games that aren't rust right but those are mmos this isn't an MMR. Really? But, yeah. It, it's more like Rust because you have uh, character progression cross servers. So basically, if you die, you don't lose all your stuff, right? Like, yeah. you, well, Daisy I, and Rust, I think you might actually would lose your stuff, so there might be a little bit of that. Because I've heard a lot about this game, and I'm kind of getting it confused a bit. But basically... Uh, you're going to be able to jump into servers and like build towns and stuff with your friends, and you can apparently do it all single player apparently as well. Uh, okay. I don't. But it's I don't not know. MMO. You no. Said it, so it's not. It's not multiplayer. That's what the well, M stands for. Massively multiplayer online. Well, yeah, because it's not like thousands of people is what the point they were making. That I think they said something like twenty-four oh. people per server. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's, I don't think PvP is the focus as well. I think it's all PvE. Okay, because I haven't seen anything that implies they actually have questing like in this game. Like, here's a quest, go do it. It sure seems like, here's a server, build some stuff, and make your own story. Um, Which, eh. I don't know, there might be quests, there might not be. I do uh, know that, uh, that you can collect pieces of nuclear codes, and then you can go and find nuclear silos and nuke places like that you pick you can just be like hey go nuke that place and then it like changes the map i guess but the (laughs) but the idea is that it like resets or re-instances so you can like do it again and make choices and stuff and slowly work to building up your town or whatever i don't know okay i mean i follow what you're saying i just i i'm a witcher kind of guy give me a story let me play it let me interact with your universe i don't want to make my own Right, lazy. right, right. I don't know. I mean, it seems like there are a lot of people excited for it, but I think there are also some Fallout fans who do want to be able to enter a universe mm. um, and experience somebody else's work, which more of the Fallout 3 fans, I would say. Yeah. Uh, New Vegas. Mm. I did see a lot of people who were just being like, who, uh, there was some guy named Todd, I think, giving the presentation, and they were just upset S- that... Some guy named Todd. <laughs> I don't Continue. Remember. I don't remember what his name Todd Howard. I was right. Todd huh? Howard. Lord and Savior Todd Howard, director of Bethesda Game Studios. Some guy named Todd. <laughs> We're keeping that in. If you take that out, I'm going to be so mad at you. <laughs> That'll be the title. Continue. Some some guy named Todd came out. Mm-hmm. And people weren't, were upset because they feel like Fallout 4 is radically different to Fallout 3. And like they personally want the Fallout franchise to go back to Obsidian, who made Lost... Uh, not Las Vegas. Uh, New Vegas. New Vegas, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because they want that directed story rather than a kind of do-it-yourself kind of experience yeah build your own thing by the way another settlement needs your help (laughs) yes (laughs) yes Uh, well just the fact that the story for fallout 4 seems so unsatisfying too everybody i've talked to who has played it says the ending is like why why is this the how are these my choices right yep okay I can well, agree. That's not encouraging for 76. You're right. Some guy named Todd described it as a softcore survival genre. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. That just doesn't interest me at all. Like, I'm glad that you're going to be into it. And maybe if it's awesome for reasons we don't see now, we can do it. But I just, uh, nothing attracts me to this as explained. Well, having just played a survival game with you, uh, I think right? this one might have a little more to do <laughs> than the other one. And like, Fair. Yeah, it's not going to suddenly suck up our resources and disappear. Could. I mean, it is the Fallout franchise. It is true. It's bugs. God. That was something I did not like about his presentation. He was like, you know, I read it online, but apparently our games have some bugs. (laughs) And I was like, don't you dare try to be one of us. He's meme aware. He's he's self aware. He's self aware. He's Skynet. He is. Bethesda is self aware now. I think that's all that is. Didn't they also make jokes about, like, Skyrim Mobile and stuff? No, Skyrim Mobile is actually coming. That's a thing? I thought that was jokes. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. The joke, the joke was that it was coming to Alexa, and there was, like, a guy playing Skyrim by talking to his Alexa, and Alexa would describe what he's supposed to be seeing. Yeah. That, physic- like, that physically hurts me. My chest is in pain right now. Okay, so four Elder Scrolls stuff got announced. Elder Scrolls Six, which was, like... Six? Six, which I'm excited to play in like 2020 when it comes out. Yeah, 2022, more likely. Literally nothing has been told about this game, only that they're going to start working on it. And they showed like a four second teaser trailer that people have been analyzing nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's all these theories about where it's going to be in Tamriel. Yeah, Uh, so the Elder Scrolls Online is getting a Somerset update. Like that's the next thing, which, okay, if you like Elder Scrolls Online, good for you. Do people play Elder Scrolls Online? How big yeah. is the player base? Well, apparently they got rated best MMO of the year for the last three years in a row. I mean, is WoW not eligible? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Apparently people like it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, if they're still making content for it, they've probably still got a player base. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't see why they'd keep pushing money into it. Mm. According to this uh, thing I just found from a year ago, they're sitting at 8.5 million players. That's pretty good. So, holy crap, that's amazing. That's really good. That is wow rivalry. I would like to see if that's 8 million registered accounts or if that's mm. 8 million like concurrent players or peak players. Stuff like uh, that. From the way it's worded, I'm pretty sure it's paying accounts. Okay. Paying like but, actual subscribers. Yeah, I think that's mm. fair. Mm. I mean, that's a good number. Yeah, for sure. More subscribers than we have. Because, I mean, it wasn't... <laughs> Uh, there was a wow. They used to release the wow subscription numbers. Yeah, and then they started going down, and, and they, they stopped. Then they stopped. It peaked at Wrath of the Lich King at about twelve million subs, and then Cataclysm it went down. Pandaria it went down, and then they stopped reporting them. So <laughs> that was not great. Uh, so the next piece of Elder Scrolls news that they did was Elder Scrolls Legends, which uh, is the card game. It's their past Odin. Gwent game yeah yeah don't care yeah all right don't don't care and the other thing is the elder scrolls blades which will be cross-platform between your phone and even high-end vr users Ooh, what is it it's 
basically Skyrim, except you play you play a member of the Blades, one of like Tamriel's Imperial Guards or whatever, like uh, the the Emperor's Guards, his oh, secret okay. his it- secret faction, and there's like base building elements and stuff. Hmm. So it's mobile, VR, PC, console, all the things. Uh, right now it just says iOS and TBA, <laughs> <laughs> but they said high end right. VR systems. So basically, uh, they touted that you could play the game in vertical or horizontal with your phone. So if you're in a business meeting and you have your phone vertical, no one can tell that you're playing a game. It's like, who's in a business meeting playing a game? Self-conscious whistling. (laughs) Have you ever played like Hearthstone or something in a business meeting? I take the fifth. (laughs) Yep. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) So the answer to your question, Wade. Uh, no, you can't plead the fifth. Because because that's not a... Like, playing a video game in a business meeting isn't a crime. Pleading the fifth is uh, remaining silent because that might incriminate you. There's yeah, nothing... I can be incriminated for playing games but, in a meeting. But that's, that's not a crime. But that's not a crime. There's no, like, there's no possible charges. Fine. Lawyer. It's the right thing, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's all right. Sounds interesting. I'll keep an eye on that. So I'm excited because they showed a Last of Us 2 trailer that I didn't watch. Uh, yeah, they showed us a little bit of gameplay, kind of, as well. Okay, I'll I'll trust you on that. I'm just, I just, it's more, it's more of the principle. I just like seeing that it exists. I like just knowing they're working on something and it's not just sitting on the back burner somewhere. And in a couple years, they'll say, oh yeah, we were going to make that Last of Us 2 game. Guess we better get started on that again. <laughs> but you want to see an accurate representation of what it is you might be buying. And nothing at E3 is ever that. Right. No, I don't care. <laughs> I just okay. want to know they're working on it. And when it comes out, I'm going to buy it. That's okay. They didn't that tell is... us any of that. They told us that they're working on it. But yeah. like, we already do that. No, this is proof. This is proof they're working on it. That's all I want. <laughs> proof they're actually sitting down and making something. That's all I want. Okay. Well, you got that. Okay, so The Last of Us 2 is going to be the game that makes me buy a PlayStation 4. So it's going to be in 2023 at the very, very, very tail end of the PlayStation 4 life cycle. Mm. And that's when I'll get it. Okay, a game I'm excited that I didn't know was happening, Devil May Cry 5. (sighs) I did hear about that. That looks cool. Super strange that they're continuing off from like where 4 ended after giving the license to a different developer and they rebooted the franchise. Seems a little bit strange that they'd go back to the old franchise now. Does seem odd. I'm with you there. But when you get to the fifth of anything in a franchise, I think you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey takes place in ancient Greece and you can play as either a male or a female assassin, just like in the um, Syndicate. Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I was like, what's that one in London? Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Hopefully that's good. Also, they brought back some dialogue trees. So it's kind of mass effecty is how they described it, where you can actually say things that affect your relationships with other with NPCs and how the plot goes and stuff. It's less just kind of run around and kill people and move on, you know? Yeah, I saw people describing it as like looking Witcher-esque. Witcher-esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's good. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay, moving on. Division 2. Division 2, yes, let's talk Division 2. So it takes place in DC about six months after the events of the Division One. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know. There's a little teaser trailer. Um, it didn't really tell you much of anything other than that information. They did like a let's play a mission with uh, people on fake VoIP, pretending that people were talking over headsets, being like... Hmm. I did not see this, but it sounds cringy. 
It's super cringy. Oh, guys, this is not hard. Why is this hard? I don't know. I don't know. They showed off, like, you can get crossbows now and stuff. That was kind of cool. For stealth, I suppose. Yeah, showed off a little bit of the inventory system, which looked okay. Basically looks like the old one, but slightly improved. Yeah. All in all, I'm excited for it. I'll mm-hmm. play it. I'll definitely play it. Yeah, me too, probably. I just kind of, maybe, I don't know, I just kind of feel like maybe I wish they had made additional content for Division 1. I mean, they made a bunch of additional content for it. Like, there's three full DLCs that you can get. Oh, I don't want... Right, sorry. I don't count DLCs. You don't count DLC as additional content? Nope. Even though, what do you think the C in DLC stands for? Content. Ah, so what kind of content do you want? I want content that comes with the game. The game that I purchased. That one. Oh, okay, you just want more base content. Yeah. Okay. Well, unlike The Witcher 3, they were selling The Witcher and both of their expansions for like 30 bucks. So it's like that. Which is a special case, because CD Projekt Red are just overly generously good yes. game devs. Like, they're just way too good at what they do, right? They've the, ruined it for everything else. They have. And Ubisoft yeah. are like, let's load everything up with loot boxes and see how far we go, right? Yeah. Good luck with that, guys. Mm. I think they said there won't be loot boxes in this, but there will be. I think they said there might be paid cosmetics. Which is fine. I'm cool with paid cosmetics. And yeah. everything honestly you want to pay to look cool go for it don't affect my gameplay don't affect my balance stay away from that yeah stay the hell away you think that fallout 76 is going to have microtransactions um hmm. i certainly hope not i hope not too again other than the cosmetics yeah yeah hmm all right so that's division um star wars jedi fallen order now i heard a lot about this because it was also cringy i didn't see anything about this Okay, so here's what they did. Um, Microsoft conference or whatever. Yeah. They're like, okay, for the next thing, we're going to go down to whatever, Steve in the audience. So guy in the audience has a microphone, and he hands it to the guy next oh. to him, and the guy stands up and is like, there's a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I just thought you meant, like, actual footage or something. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they were just no, no, like, no. hey, guy in audience uh, who's from <laughs> Respawn, tell us about the upcoming game you're working on. Well, it's a Star Wars game. That's kind of it. You can... I heard you can be a Jedi. Yeah. Well, literally, that's it. He pluralized Jedi. He used Jedi's. No. Aneurysm. Oh my gosh! Why? (laughs) He said Jedi's, and he wasn't set upon by the crowd and murdered. Uh, No, he somehow managed to get out unscathed. (laughs) Microsoft, why do you suck so much at this? I can't even. (laughs) How? How is the guy announcing your Star Wars game using Jedi's? How? I don't know. I, it's like something what? that you, you'd really want to make sure that they knew the terminology of the game or the franchise, that the universe that they're apparently going to be making a game in. But no, no. <laughs> makes me so sad. So sad on the inside. <sighs> All right. So yeah, there's a Star, there's a Star Wars game coming out. At some point. Um, I don't even eventually. know what genre it is. No, me neither. Is it like an RTS? Is it an FPS? Is it a third-person shooter? Is it a space battle game? I assume it's going to be a first-person shooter because it's being made by uh, Respawn Entertainment, who did Titanfall. Ah, okay. And the people who made Titanfall were originally X-Infinity Ward, who made Call of Duty. So I'm going to assume that 
you know, lots of first person shooter experience in the yeah. dev team. So it's uh, Dark Forces then. We're going way back. I can't remember a first person Jedi style game since then. I mean, you can play Battlefront in. In Jedi? Star Wars. Yay. I screw that up. How do you screw that up? I don't know. How? <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, sea of Solitude. Yeah, that looked good. So that's trending on Twitter. Ooh, good for them. Well, like, yeah, so it's just this unknown lady gets up and doesn't, mm. she's not like killer in front of a crowd. Mm. But, you know, it seems like she has some passion for the project she's working on. And I think she resonated with people. Like, okay, maybe this is what we want. We don't want super polished stuff coming from Microsoft and Bethesda. Maybe we just want someone who really cares about games like we do and cares about their own project. And let's see what they can do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. I really do. It looks like a great game. But yeah, but we've been lied to before with these things. Exactly. Take everything with a pinch of salt. Yeah, like a handful of salt. So during the PC gamer, uh, PC gaming show, there was another game show that kind of looks like a survival crafting game, like No Man's Sky almost, which is not a good oh, thing. Yes. Mixed with called? with Factorio, which is called Satisfactory. Whoops. Satisfactory. That is okay. not. The, I copied the. The wrong link. <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> hey, well, look, they, they just added. Price is forty thousand dollars. What the what? Raft is forty thousand dollars. What? The link came through as price forty thousand dollars. Fifty six hundred recommendations. Can you huh. see that? Nope. What does it show in chat for you? In Discord. Yeah. In our chat, where you just oh, linked it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. $40,000. That's weird. <laughs> There'll be, a, I guess, a screenshot in the show notes somewhere for people to look at. All right, let me yeah. try doing this again. I know they just added it to um, Steam uh, so people could add it to their wish lists and keep track of it. Even Railgun was, like, tweeting about it, which is weird. Railgun. Railgun? I was like, who's Railgun? Railgun. Got it. Railgun. Yes, I mispronounced. Okay. Now I have the appropriate hmm. link for you. Here we go. Never really, I haven't tried the Factorio, but I know people who are way into it. Yeah. The thing I don't like about Factorio is that it's like top-down kind of management of like a factory line and like assembly yep. factories. The, but the first person like, okay, you start by harvesting a couple of trees or whatever, and then you slowly like mass produce stuff. I think that would be super fun. It does look fun. Like you've got these people working with you, you're bringing in different parts, you're building factory. That's a huge factory right there. Oh, there is a top-down view too if you want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not stuck there. That's cool. So what's the goal? Like, what's the goal of Factorio? Uh, um, hmm. Make stuff? A program whose goal is to construct a massive machine for a mysterious purpose. I hmm. don't know. Okay, there we go. The, mysterious purpose. There might be a story. Like, the guy that had on stage talking about it mentioned that you kind of got, like, sent from an alien colony. Like, you're not just human. I mean, it might be yeah. a human colony or something, but you're there to assemble a machine for some reason. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe the entire goal is to set up a factory that's able to produce a planet-cracking drill, and then you just explode the planet and move on. Explode the planet, harvest the resources, and move on. It does look pretty. It mm. is. You're right. It's No Man's Sky and Factorio. If they had a baby, that's what this is. Yeah. Who? What's uh, Coffee Stain Studios? Who do they make? Uh, Goat Simulator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's... hmm. I'm not sure if that's uh, 
a positive or a negative. This looks so serious compared to Code Simulator. <laughs> uh, Sanctum, Super Sanctum. I don't know what the Sanctum games are, but that's it's, it's like Sanctum. It's a tower defense game. And Goat Simulator. That's what they've done. Wow, this is ambitious for them. Mm, which is why I don't think this game will be out for like two years, but excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know a couple people who are probably way into this. Looks fun. I might pick it up if it works out in the end. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows about these things announced at E3? But I mean, there's a lot of stuff that looks good at E3. Like also, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <gasps> oh yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's. So that CD Projekt Red, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who has effectively earned a lot of benefit of the doubt over the years. Yeah. As we've said, they've set the standard for content and free content for everybody else. Like, no one can even come close to reaching what they're able to do. Uh-huh. Uh, the Witcher 3 is the game I probably put the most hours into other than StarCraft over the last 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And so this is them. They're making Cyberpunk uh, 2077. 20. I was like, yes. there's a 77 in there somewhere. So here's my problem. Cyberpunk is not my aesthetic. Ah, uh... Really? I can't. I can't remember a game set in the dystopian cyberpunk future that I've played and been like, "This is my jam. I'm all over this." Have you played Deus Ex? No. Okay, play Deus Ex. <laughs> okay, I'll play Deus Ex and see if it changes my mind. I mean, how much is Deus Ex at the moment? Like, I'm not talking like the original one. Cause that's way back. That's like '90s, isn't it? Yeah, which apparently is yeah. still like one of the better. Like, that's seven dollars US uh, if you want to play that one. But, Seven bucks for the original? Yeah. Or how much? It's 20 bucks for Human Revolution Director's Cut. I thought Human Revolution was a really fun game. You know, came out in 2013, so it still looks pretty good. Yeah. Deus Ex. Uh, Human Revolution Director's Cut. Got it. Yeah. The Director's Cut fixes some of the boss fights later in the game. Oh, that's good. I heard complaints about the boss fights. Yeah, because like if you spend your upgrades like specking towards stealth... They were just kind of yeah. hard to beat because it was like, this is a non-stealth uh, boss fight. Enjoy. Well, yeah. They basically don't want to make a bo- make a boss that your people who put a lot of points into fighting can just easily roll over. But then that screws over your stealth players. Like, how do you... F- I don't know how you fix that. I don't know, but apparently they did. All right. Good job. 20 bucks. All right. I'll give this a try. And maybe that will get me interested in uh, Cyberpunk 2077. And then for $30, Mankind Divided is the sequel to that, which came out uh, two years ago. That's oh. I enjoyed some time in that. I didn't finish it like I did with the original. I mean, I enjoyed it. It definitely looks way prettier, and you see some really cool like cyberpunk kind of things, like people's arms being all techno and stuff. Really, I like that, yeah. those visuals. That's really what kind of keeps me, <laughs> keeps me invested in the game. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people are just like that. They love the visuals they love the promise of prosthetics and synths and things like that yeah yeah blade runner type things i just i don't know not super into it but maybe i haven't found my thing very possible all right we are running up on that hour anything else farming simulator 19 want to spend some time on that no uh resident evil 2 is getting remade wow i didn't see that uh, that okay. was in the uh, Sony conference, which started like just before we started. So it's a remake or a remaster? Remake, I believe. It says remake in the title. Hmm. So from ground up then. That's interesting. Yeah. Or at least that's what that means to me. Yeah. I don't know same. if that's accurate. Do you know what I haven't seen at E3 that I was really hoping to? Final Fantasy VII, the remake? remake? Yes. 
Yeah. <sighs> so I want to see more Square of that. Square Enix, they have a lot of pissed off fans right now. They should not to even mention the seven remake is, I don't know how you don't even bring it up. We're working on it, guys. We hear you. That's it. You don't have to show anything. Just say it. No, show us something. Show us another cool cut. Because <laughs> they showed us like the opening cinematic from the game redone and it's like looks really great just show us like a boss fight against one of like the iconic bosses show us like one of the weapons or something or times you fight Genova. that would be so sick just to show us <laughs> something iconic from the game looking like it was made today instead of 1994 that would be incredible that would get people super on board with this thing i mean not that people aren't already but uh, yeah more people would come on board the other thing we didn't see any of was Borderlands 3 that I want to play. Oh, I haven't heard anybody complaining about not seeing Borderlands 3. No, well, doesn't surprise me. It's I don't think... Even... I think Borderlands is one of those franchises that are bigger than they're actually supposed to be. I think that it's more niche than it lets on. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I don't. I think the way they're written and the way they're presented, they're not for a broad audience, but mm. somehow it worked out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's not even on the list of stuff they've talked about. Have they not even talked about it? No, they didn't show up at all. It's not even officially announced. No. Okay. Uh, well, it's 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 sort of is and it sort of isn't. There was a... Um, who are the people that make it again? Um, uh, Borderlands? Yeah. Uh, Unreal. So there was yes. an... At um, GDC last year, there was a Unreal 4 Borderlands 3 tech demo shown. Which kind of announced it, but they didn't really be like, hey, you guys know that we're going to make a third game. We don't have to say that we are. But then they were like, hey, here's the tech demo that we're working on and showed off some of the new engine features. Mm. All right. Borderlands 3, not announced, but somewhere in Wade's heart. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, cool beans. I'm going through this list one more time. See if we can find anything else that we do want to talk about here for the E3. I think that's it for me, honestly. Yeah, like you said, nothing announced that I'm interested in and is also coming out soon, which is kind of disappointing, but that's okay. Yeah. What was... Oh, it was Fallout 4. Wasn't it Fallout 4 they announced and like, it's coming out in two months. I was like, ah. Yeah, that's coming out in November, I think I said. 76 is? Yeah. Oh, good job. All right. So Bethesda does it right. Oh, did you play any of the Kingdom Hearts games? No. That is another thing. You're right. Got announced. It's coming out in January. So. Okay. What platforms are those again? PlayStation? PlayStation and Xbox One. Although the pl- Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, which apparently you can buy a bundle, which will give you like the remasters for them, are only on PS4. Ah. All right. Hmm. It's Good unfortunate, but yeah. I've heard they're really fun. I've heard the story's kind of like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> oh, the story is very Japanese. <laughs> Okay, all right. So I heard correctly then. <laughs> but I think, yeah, people are just interested in the gameplay and also just it is kind of fun seeing all these different intellectual properties playing together. It's kind of an Avengers thing. Yeah. Well, it's all Disney, so Iron Man could right. show up. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be fun. So could Star Wars, I guess. And Hulk. Did we talk about this on the pod? We didn't talk about this on the pod. The theory that how Loki could be alive. Ooh, yeah. Loki. Really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's so stupid about it? All right, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, Wade and I have an ongoing bet as to whether Loki is for reals dead or not. He is. Um, I think he's alive. Wade thinks he's not. But Wade found this theory that it's like, all right, so Loki escaped and actually uh, turned into the Hulk. 
and Bruce Banner. And that's why on Earth he can't turn into the Hulk because he's not really Bruce Banner. He's just illusioned to look like him, which it would make uh, sense. I mean, <laughs> I mean, on certain levels, yes. But it's so, like if that's actually what's going on, I wouldn't even be happy that I won the bet. I'd be like, really? <laughs> come on. There's another part to that theory where it's like, how come I'm doing here to get him exactly to... Stephen Strange, and it's because Loki met Strange, and they had, like, an agreement that I'm going to pretend to be Banner, and you get me the hell out of here. And take me to this place that I know exists already. Yes, with people that can yeah. definitely help. Probably help. Although, I am kind of disappointed in Doctor Strange's abilities displayed in Infinity War, and sure, it's kind of been explained away in that he knows it needs to happen this way mm. for everything to turn out in the end. Like, that's the argument, right? Like, he has all this cosmic spectral power, and he doesn't really go all out with it. And people argue it's because he saw every potential future, and there's one of them in which they win, and that requires him to kind of rein it in. Well, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know either. That's the argument. Like, the problem with Strange is that earlier in the movie, they showed that his, like, slang ring portals can cut people in half right when they close as you pass through. So when they've got him covered, just chop the guy's arm off. Yeah. It's like, why doesn't that happen? Because he's seen every possible future and knows the one in which they win involves not doing that. For some reason. How is that For not... For some reason. How is that not the one? Maybe he looks into every possible future, and it turns out Thanos just right that if... We don't kill half of everyone now. The universe is going to implode. And then from that point on, he's secretly working with Thanos. But Thanos oh, doesn't know it either. Oh, I am on board of this theory now. I want this to happen. I want <laughs> Infinity War 2 to come out. And everyone's like, sad, what do we do? And Doctor Strange is like, you know what? He's right. Everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> Doctor Strange is dead. Uh, oh, does he disappear? He got dusted, I can't yeah. keep track of who's dusted. Dang, that would have been so good. Because that's the role he fills in the comics. Doctor Strange like gives people the four on one on exactly what's going down and gives them plans of what to do for right. cosmic stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, that would have been so amazing. Tanrog. Fine. Well, I mean, there might still be like a thing where uh okay. So they bring everyone back. Doctor Strange goes, What did you do? What did you do that? And then he steals the gauntlet and re snaps and kills everyone else again. Hmm. Less fun, but... Yeah, but still fun. <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh, Infinity War coming out next year. We'll be ready for you. We have some bets to settle. We do. Do you need a NBA Minute? We haven't done one of those for like three weeks. <gasps> You're right. We can do an NBA Minute. The NBA season is over as of a couple of days ago, so it's good timing. Ah, cool. All right, let me get my All timer. Right. Let, me, let me get my stopwatch. Three, two, one, go. Another NBA season is over, and the Golden State Warriors are your champions once again. Is anybody surprised? No, absolutely not. If you'd ask people at the beginning of the season who's going to win this thing, Golden State are the heavy, heavy favorites, which makes this season, I don't know, kind of boring, to be honest. Uh, ESPN came out with their way too early rankings for the 2018-2019 season, and the Jazz are fifth and third in the West on that, and I would be happy about it, but I know they have no chance to rival a Golden State at least until everybody breaks up uh, the team. That's not going to be for like three or four more years. And I don't know. Golden State's kind of ruining the NBA. But I don't know. Houston took them to seven games. And if Chris Ball had been healthy in game number seven, maybe they could have won. 
it's hard to say. Hard to say if they're unbeatable, but they sure look like they are when they want to be. So congratulations to Golden State getting a win. LeBron, there's talk that he's going to go to L.A. or Boston. If he does go to one of those teams, he's dead to me. Dead to me, you hear me? Stop. Stay out of L.A. and stay out of Boston, LeBron. Done. You think uh, LeBron listens to the podcast? I do. He's like, wait, what? There's an NBA minute on that podcast. <laughs> I need to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think players listen and read to more about them than ever before. I think current players are more up to date on what's being said about them than players were 20 years ago. Probably. But yeah. not to this level, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unless there's anything else you'd like to share with us, Wade. Doom 2 got announced. Ah, yes. The it's only two? It was like five. It's called Doom Eternal, but it's like the new okay. after like the reboot Doom. Got it. Cool. I think that's okay. it. So that's on the list. Okay. Thanks again for listening. Check out the merch in the show links here in the show notes. Also, please fill out the demographic survey if you feel so inclined to do so. Help us to know exactly who is listening. <laughs> thanks again for being a patron of... Uh, new Wolfenstein game. New Wolfenstein game. We didn't talk about either. That one's set in, like, Paris, and it's BJ's kids? Yeah, I think so. It's called Youngblood, and it's going to be co-op. Awesome. Awesome sauce. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, thanks for being here. You can also catch Let's Plays of Wade and I playing stuff if you're a patron of mm. either the podcast um, or of the channel. So check that out. Link there, too. And until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And you take care of yourself. <laughs>